This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Creating a food secure state. And by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome everyone. Thanks for listening. Policy matters. That's why you will find the Food Bank Council and our members, particularly our board members, at the Mackinac Policy Conference presented by the Detroit Regional Chamber. Michigan's influencers, decision makers, and those of us who are working to create a stronger, more sustainable state can be found on the porch of the Grand Hotel. Michigan's thought leaders and actual leaders, from the governor to the speaker to the Senate majority leaders, leaders from healthcare, banking, higher ed, are all walking the halls and the hills of Mackinac. Sidestepping poop, both literally and figuratively, is an acquired skill that comes in handy as well. Today, Paula Cunningham, the CEO of AARP Michigan, is my guest host as Jerry has previously scheduled for a more important event than MPC, his son's high school graduation. Congrats to Jim and appreciation to Paula, and now two people who believe in our work and want us to succeed Representative Christine Morris, the amazing representative from the Kalamazoo area and the chair of the DHHS subcommittee on approach, along with the incomparable Chris Harkins, our state budget director, joins us for today's show from Mackinac's Grand Hotel. Welcome, everybody. And while, Jerry, you miss Mackinac, you're here with me today to put the finishing touches on this show. Yeah, not that I need to worry about anything, but I'm so glad to be here to hear the whole thing just because you had such amazing guests. So we trust and believe. I'm sorry I couldn't be at Mackinac. Jim's graduation was awesome. And I think we have got an incredible show and a huge shout out to Paula for filling in for me. I was so grateful that she could make it up to Mackinac. And of course, now I'm a little bit scared for my job. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out, you know, some role for me, I hope. Well, let's figure it out at the end of this show. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Paula Cunningham, CEO of AARP, with us. And joining us today is Chris Harkins, the state budget director. So, Chris and Paula. Welcome back to Food First Michigan. Thank you. It's nice. always nice to be in your company. And Chris, I'm glad you had the time to steal away and be with us for a little bit. I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So let me tell you really quickly, uh, I asked Paula if she would co-host with me because Jerry Brisson is attending his son's graduation. Uh, congrats to Jim um, Brisson for graduating. And Paula, I said, are you going to go to the conference? She said, yeah, I'll be there. And I said, oh, great. Would you co-host this with me? She said, sure. She's not at the conference this week, but she drove up here today from Lansing to help me co-host because she has so much integrity. So thank you, Paula. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking. I just didn't want you to blow it being here all by yourself, so well, I thought I'd better it, get here. Chances <laughs> are would have increased dramatically. And Chris Harkins, our state budget director, and Chris and I, we've known each other for a number of years, and uh, I know the work of the food banks are very close to your heart. You have been in those food banks volunteering, and so 
Tell us a little bit about how Chris Harkins becomes the state budget director in Michigan. That's that's quite a question. <laughs> uh, well, first, I'm I'm very fortunate to be the state budget director. It's a it's a great it's a great job. Um, I've been in this job now for uh, about a year and a half, year and a three quarters or so, um, and and before that was was the director at the Senate Fiscal Agency and. and for years before that, was doing a lot of other uh, work around, in and around the legislature, around budgets. Um, you know, when I, I went to Michigan State, I, I was studying international relations, <laughs> which is, of course, a, a direct path to being state budget. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I chuckled. Yeah, it's, it's a clear path. Everyone does it. Um, and so it's been a bit of a circuitous route. But I think, you know, it, it was... When I was at MSU, and then later when I, I did a master's program with Penn State, that focus was all on, on critical thinking. It's all on, on these sort of big issues. Um, international relations might not have a direct line to, to state budgeting, but I think it does in terms of problem solving, mm. trying to figure out creative solutions to things. And, and that's really, it's a lot of the work of the budget. The budget is not the black and white every day it's it's how does how does public policy fit into uh, bigger issues how does how does every everyday life for our michiganders fit into policy decisions and and those are they're important conversations and so i'm i'm just i'm really fortunate that every day i get to wake up and i go to work for 10 million people um well, I go to work for the governor, but I also go to work for 10 million people. And it's, 10 million it's plus really, one. Right. It's, it's really, uh, it's an amazing ability to, to have this position, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'll tell you that when the news broke a year and a half, three quarters ago, that you were becoming the state budget director, my entire circle, everybody at and some of your circle and my circle and Paula's circle all kind of interact. Everybody was was like, yes, that's the right decision. That's the best decision for Michigan. And, and I think that you have, through your life here, built up that same type of integrity. See, there was a reason I told yeah. this story. Um, most of the time, people don't ever think there's a method to the madness. But that level of integrity is... I think was one of the things that made people so excited for you to be, and that you were willing to serve in this position. Well, that's, that's very kind. I appreciate that. It's I'm I'm also really fortunate that at every step I've had, I've had tremendous people around me who always make me look better, and uh, I, I try to make other people look better too. But I've been really fortunate that that I've I've had really great colleagues at every step of the way and that's certainly the case now as well we've got amazing staff we've got great colleagues around the rest of cabinet who are really focused on making michigan as, as strong a place as it can be and and really be there to attract people and talent and keep people here and enjoy these beautiful uh water views that we get to see uh, yeah. while we're here on an island it's it's pretty special uh, let's let's circle back to something you shared. Um, the budget is not just numbers; it's really a reflection of of people and priorities and programs to make their lives better. 
I don't, I don't think I've ever heard a budget director anywhere in any organization refer to it like that. What makes, what makes you think of it that, in that way? Well, I think that's ultimately that, that's what we're trying to do is we, we've got priorities. You know, when the governor produces a budget, she, she very clearly identifies her priorities and, and that those priorities for this administration are, are people and, and the um, surrounding environment that, that drives economy. And, but, but at the core of it is, is strong Michiganders. And, you know, when we talk about some of the work that we do in the budget office, we talk a lot about how these are, these are decisions that impact our friends and family and neighbors, too. And it's important that we don't lose sight of that, that, that there are people all around the state who, who are struggling with issues that you and I don't know about, who, but who may be able to avail themselves of some programs from the state or from the feds, uh, who need who need access to uh, you know some sort of assistance or or who need who need to to kind of reconsider where they're going in their careers right right we've, we've been really successful with one of the governor's key priorities in the last few years has been the Michigan Reconnect program to get people back into to classrooms and to uh, retrain themselves and, and be successful uh, a little later in life and so you know you never know what what someone is, is struggling with or what someone is trying to think about for their own future and so much of that plays into the state budget in a way that um, we don't want lost in just the numbers. You know, I absolutely agree with Dr. Phil. I was going to make the exact same comment. I'm reading a book by Adam Gant called Think Again. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's like a year or two old. But it, it encourages all of us to think again about what we thought we knew. You know, it's the relearning and learning. And when I listen to you talk, it's not just about the budget and the numbers and making certain that, you know, the budget is reconciled. Or, but you have a heart for the work. And that makes, makes you think differently about how... Uh, you, you approach this job, approach, approach this responsibility. It's not just a job responsibility. And when you have a heart for the work, you can always train the brain, right, to, to do what it needs to do. So I appreciate that heart for the work. And the older people and the whole systemic, people think AARP is older adults, but it's a community. We say older adults, the families and the communities in which they live, because it's all connected, you know, whether you're young, old, or middle-aged, it's all connected. So uh, I appreciate that, that viewpoint and that perspective that you're bringing to the table. I appreciate that as well, and I, I think you're right. There's there's so many of these decisions that that interlay with each other. If you have a strong community, you have a better ability to attract new people into that community or new investments and and economic development. You've got you've got an ability to have the the schools that everybody wants. And those pieces all fit together. And when I talk about the budget, I talk about often I talk about it being a puzzle. That you don't know what the the picture is until the end. So you go through the whole puzzle, and then you get it together and go, "Oh, well, it was a farm this year, or it was a, it was." You know, here's a picture of downtown. But it, yeah. it it's that's part of the the real enjoyment every year is to see how some of those pieces do fit together. But but they're all connected Absolutely. somehow. Absolutely. And uh, it. And, you know, you, you, Chris, have struck me through the years as a problem solver, you know, not a problem spotter. <laughs> you know, I mean, anybody can do that, right? I mean, you got to see it first. But it seems to me you spent about 20% of your time thinking about the, or discovering the problem and about 80% of your time trying to solve it. And it seems like the right ratio to me. 
I think that's probably true. Uh, a lot of this is trying to solve the problem, um, and and you're right. It's it's uh, it's easy to spot a problem, and sometimes you've got to do that and be pretty robust about that <laughs> part too. Uh, but but you're right. That doesn't that doesn't help move the ball forward. We've got to solve a problem right. and find a way to do it that that works for everybody. Uh, and that's what's so key in this job. And I'm, again, I'm really pleased to be able to try to do. Well, let's take a quick break. And if you will, come back and be with us for another segment. And we'll get some of the, you know, insider baseball, where we're at right in the uh, budgeting process, as you can share. He's Chris Harkins. He's our state budget director. That's Paula Cunningham, the CEO for AARP. I'm Dr. Phil Knight, and we're all three back with you in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Paula Cunningham, the CEO for AARP, co-hosting with me. And Chris Harkins, our state budget director, we continue this conversation from the parlor here at the Grand Hotel at the Mackinac Policy Conference, uh, sponsored by the Detroit Chamber. So uh, two things I want to chat with you two about uh, that I think you both are going to be pretty excited about. So um, this, this administration, Governor Whitmer's administration, has done a couple of things that I'm not aware that has ever happened in Michigan prior to her administration. And the first one was that she created, after being on this show, the Food Security Council to address food security, particularly during the, the months and years we had with COVID. And then more recently, uh, this little piece of legislation that got passed to repeal the pension tax. And I think these are something that to be a part of her team, Chris, uh, has to make you really proud. And to see other other uh, moves administratively and legislatively that are occurring to make life better for Michiganders. Oh, it, it does. It's it's tremendous to be part of a team, and, and the the governor's leading us in the right direction. Right? She's she was so clear uh, with the need to repeal that the retirement tax. She's also focused so much effort on on improving that, that working families tax credit that, as I like to say, the artist formerly known as the EITC, this is, the, these, these two pieces alone make such a difference for, for individual families in our state. They, it helps to, it helps to raise people out of poverty. It helps their seniors to know that, that the money that they've saved is money that they get to keep. Those are, those are huge initiatives and, and, I am. I'm very proud to be a part of that sort of work and to make sure that we're putting money back in people's pockets in the state, that we're helping to drive the economy that way, uh, but that we also are really focused on families and on, on individuals. And again, it's, it's about paying attention to Michiganders and, and improving their, their lives. 
I think the average amount of income as a result of the repeal of the retirement tax for older adults like $1,000 per family. And there are a lot of people who don't understand what that $1,000 means. You know, they say, oh, that's nothing, you know. Um, it's all relative. That's huge for people in terms of gas, food, uh, even being able to go to the movies once every now and then. And it's, it's a, it was a tax that they had not counted on. They, they thought they were told they were going to get that money. And you sit down, you plan at your kitchen table. When I retire at age 65, I'm going to be able to get X, Y, and Z. And to have someone snatch that away from you without you having any say in it just seemed wrong. Uh, quite frankly, so we really appreciate um, that repeal of the, re the retirement tax being uh, being defeated and restoring the money that people right rightfully earned and deserve is right. their money. And, yeah. and we're we're so thrilled that the the new uh, Democratic majorities acted on that so fast. Mm -hmm. And those were priorities that, that that they also outlined. The governor has been championing for some time, and and that they were able to do that so quickly to, to start a legislative session and to do so and really hammer home the point that, that again, we're focused on, on people and making sure that, that Michigan is a place where you as an individual can thrive. You know, coming out of the Food Security Council, she, she had, uh, uh, had us do two reports. And one of, the, one of the items that came out of that is a line item that flows directly to the Food Bank Council. It's called MASS, the Michigan Agricultural Surplus System, one first program of its kind in the United States, now duplicated 39 times across the U.S. And uh, we, we take this grant from the state of Michigan and we use it to buy directly from Michigan farmers, producers, so it could be meat protein or dairy or produce or whatever it is. And we use that and we, we create that secondary market for our growers and producers that it's the food that Meyer and Kroger don't want to buy, the uglies, the number twos. And we, we put that into our system and that's good, wholesome Michigan food. So Michigan farmers win because it creates a secondary market. The food banks win because they're doing their mission of distributing the food people want and need. And then most importantly, the families win. We tried last year in the budget to, uh, the governor proposed a pretty significant increase in, in these levels of funding. Um, we, we, we weren't able to hang, I was not able to hang on to those. Um, you know, pronouns are, are free around here. We, you know, me, our, I, so I was not able to hang on to those, but this is a new year. And there are some good proposals coming out of the Senate and the uh, House in regard to mass that would allow us to purchase directly from Michigan farmers. And I know you're supportive of that personally, and I, I, I believe the governor is supportive of that in her position as well. And so I just, you know, want to bring that up that not everything happens the first time you try it. Right. That's uh, true. Right. Crazy, right? right. <laughs> You're right. We, 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 I think we had a very strong proposal last year that would have, would have been really impactful uh, for, for your organizations and the, you know, the people that you serve. But you're right. It, it, didn't, it didn't take with the legislature at the time, but that doesn't mean that we give up on the, the concept. And I think there's a, there's a lot of ways to, to still try to, to deliver. Um, you know, that, that's also why uh, in, this, in this year's budget, you, you also see a real focus on nutrition for students. Mm -hmm. So one of the things the governor proposed for this year is, is to, to take 
uh, state resources and pay for breakfast and lunch for students right. uh, all across the state, uh, regardless of income, uh, all across the state in, a, in an attempt to ensure students have access to, to good nutritional food no matter where they are. Uh, try to re eliminate stigma along with that. There's some questions around why everyone, and I think a lot of the reason is because we don't want a scenario where one school's left out, or one student in one of those schools is struggling and, and means that they're left out as well. So it, it makes a lot of sense to make sure that our students have this access, and I think it, it goes along the same sort of line, is that yeah. we're really trying to make sure that we can, we can use these resources and, and get them uh, to, to be productive and, and help our help our kids, help our, our, our families and be full and uh, prosperous. At Absolutely. Hey, now you say why why everyone, why not everyone, correct? I mean, the dignity and respect if everyone's just getting the same thing. It's not like just these students here or these students there who are right. special. It's kind of a special program, but get the kind of nutrition that they need and learn about that at a young age. Learn about a healthy, well balanced diet right. from their school, hopefully that'll follow them the rest of their lives. And, and we saw a huge shift in this, these last few years during the pandemic where the federal government did pay for some of those resources for students. We found that there were a lot of students, and we, we knew this before, who were very reliant on, on those meals in class uh, are sometimes the only, the only reliable meal that a student sees throughout the day. And so it's really important that that we, we think about those sort of things and that, again, that the, that the state is purposeful in how we're spending our resources and and I, it, I'm hard pressed to find a better place to spend our resources than on our kids. Amen. Well, we say a lot around here that if they're not well fed, they'll never be well read. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, and this is the workforce that we're all going to be trying to hire in 5, 10, 15 yeah, years. Absolutely. We're trying to hire them now, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear you. And then, you know, but it's an investment. It's not charity. It's exactly It's really right. an it investment. Either you, in, pay, either you pay now or you pay later. Right. You know? And, yeah. then that, you know, just, and, and it's going to oh, cost you a lot more later. Get us started on health <laughs> outcomes there, let alone <laughs> educational right. outcomes. Right. Mm -hmm. So, it's, uh, so uh, years ago, Chris, um, during the height of the pandemic, uh, the governor came on a Zoom call with all the food bankers, seven Feeding America food banks that serve all of Michigan's 83 counties, and they do that through a network of uh, 3,000 different pantries spread across the state. So lots of volunteers doing this work. She had no idea when she ran that COVID would happen, and you know, and we watched her lead through that, and. When we finished the call, I said this to her, I want to say the same thing to you because I see the same leadership traits. I think to do your job well as a state budget director, you should probably have the mind of a scholar, which you do. You should have the heart of a shepherd because you got to care about the people, which you do. But you for sure better have the hide of a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. You that. didn't it's, say what you do. Yeah, right. Well, I know I got one out of three. <laughs> well, this is this is certainly not a a job for for thin-skinned folks. And and uh, over the the last several decades now, um, I think I've built up some skin. Um, but I, I really appreciate that. I think you're right. It, it it's it's so valuable to to pay attention to the, the the real important people here are the people of the state of Michigan who 
fund all of these things we're talking about and to not lose sight of that and to and to keep an eye on the future though and and be planful and purposeful yes. the governor does that I I again I'm just so lucky to be a part of her team to to help and and try to deliver on her behalf and and I'm I well, I think we're look fortunate. forward to it. <laughs> we're fortunate that you're in this place of service. Thank you. We all get one handful of life, and we got to choose to invest it in something bigger than we are that will last longer we do, than we do. And you've certainly done that, and you're doing it right now. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. He's Chris Harkins. He is our state budget director, and Paula Cunningham, the CEO of AARP. And we appreciate all of you being with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. Paula Cunningham, the CEO for AARP and a distinguished board member for the Food Bank Council, <laughs> co-hosting with me. Paula, thank you. We're in the parlor of the Grand Hotel here at the Mackinac Policy Conference. It's delightful to be with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And our guest today is uh, Representative Christine Morse, who is a uh, I'm going to say a champion. Yes. Stands in the gap for people. Uh, and a part of this, this very positive momentum that has happened since the election to really put the people first in Michigan. So, Representative Morris, thank you for serving and thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be able to serve the people and to really uh, come to Lansing to be a problem solver. So, thank you. Oh, well, I like that. Yeah, we kind too. of I'm writing that down. the show today. <laughs> yes. you know, we know I got a lot of folks who right. are problem spotters. We don't have enough problem solvers. Right. <laughs> and it seems like that uh, this legislature is really focused on solving problems, not just spotting them. Well, we certainly don't have all the answers, but we're here to work with everybody to uh, try to move our state forward. So that's what we're here for. Right. And you're serving as the chair of the um, DHHS, Department of Health and Human Services Subcommittee on Appropriations. And uh, Anna Almanza, who's sitting here on the in the background today, and myself, uh, you had us come and, and present to the subcommittee and uh, talk about what food insecurity is across the state and a specific line item called MASS, which uh, stands for Michigan Agricultural Surplus System, which is the oldest program in America of its kind, now copied across 39 other states. And um, I did an interview yesterday, and uh, the, the, the reporter asked me, about what's the difference in, in leadership from before and now. And I said, well, let me answer it like this. When I came to your committee and we presented and we finished and questions came and we, we tried to answer those, and I have never felt in any committee meeting in my career more welcomed, more appreciated, and more admired than I did at your committee. Wow. Well, that's so sweet. I'm glad you had that experience. And, you know, really my goal as a chair is to allow people to feel heard. 
Um, and mm. that is sometimes difficult to do when time is so limited. Committee time can be limited. Um, but, you know, we're so happy when people like you who are amazing advocates uh, doing really the tough work here in the state that you come to tell us what you need. And honestly, I am so excited. It is one of my favorite parts of of my house budget is the $20.8 million uh, for the mass system because it, it's it's so cool that we can bring together surplus agriculture. So we're helping our farmers take care of their product and getting healthy food to the people who need it in our state. So I am really excited about that line item and, and I hope it makes it all the way through. Cool. We're going to stay at it. We'll stay at that one together. Absolutely. And you know that food insecurity <clears throat> impacts older adults. As people think about children all the time. And it's not an either or. It's an entire community. And so what you said about problem solving is not just for one segment of the population, but being able to look at uh, the population in its entirety. Yeah. As older adults who give their food up for their children, you have the middle-aged folks who are taking care of their own children, plus the in-law or their mother or father, and they're trying to divide food up. Mm -hmm. So being able to access something like mass and getting that food directly to the people who need it most, it will be must, uh, very much appreciated. Well, again, we acknowledge the importance of that. We all are also have a million dollars going toward Meals on Wheels and um, knowing that it, federally the SNAP benefits and the benefits that people um, were able to take advantage of during COVID have gone away. And so we know that we need to fill a gap. And as as the chair of you know the subcommittee on Health and Human Services, we I appreciate that food insecurity is the basis of of health issues. And so we're definitely, you know, trying to hit at that. You know, there's so many social determinants of health that I'm so glad people are now talking about. Yes. And food insecurity is one of the top issues. I, I you know, I'm, I, we started this show about six years ago on WJR and I've turned it into a podcast now. And the reason we started is because we wanted to change the conversation to exactly what you just said. I mean, to really be able to have candid conversations about uh, people in need, and and that this is not that this is way more than charity. When you talk about twenty point eight million dollars, it's that kind of money is an investment. It's, it's this not just to make us feel better about ourselves, right? This is really about the people and investing in them. Absolutely, and. Fresh food is a real key to that because so many people don't have access, whether you're in a food desert or you can't afford it or you're, you know, maybe the place where you shop just doesn't even stock it. You know, we have that and we also have some investments in food desert um, allowing them to uh, access cold storage so they can store those fruits and vegetables um, and, and get the, the healthy fresh food to people where they need it in their communities. Right. Well, and I think it helps drive educational outcomes uh, you know whether we have a we had a law for a long time about third grade reading level for third grade that that has has gone away now but I, it's really about success for kids right and and if they're not well fed they'll never be well read and then when we turn around and talk about health outcomes it's certainly easier to food's a lot cheaper than insulin Right. <laughs> oh, heck you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just that simple, right? Mm -hmm. So, And you've got to take your prescription medication with food many times. So if you don't have food, doctors say take this medicine with, or they read the bottle, take it with food. And if you don't have any food, 
yeah. it, it, makes, it makes a difference. We did a presentation a few years ago to the uh, Michigan Pharmacists Association, and they told us that over 70% of all prescriptions written in Michigan say take with food. Mm, wow. Well, that's great if you have it. Right, right exactly. <laughs> or if you don't have the right kind of food, mm -hmm. which is to your point about fresh food. I mean, if it's all processed and it's full of sodium and you just had heart surgery, that's not the right food. Right. I, you know, I would love to return more to, you know, kids being educated, getting to them at a younger age about healthy eating. And my daughter is a seventh grader and she is, and it's called Facts now. And, and they do talk about that there. But, um, you know, starting them younger so they really understand why it is important. We might not like the taste of vegetables all the time, <laughs> but we can make them taste good. You right. know, right. we learn how to cook. Right. Um, but, but so many people just don't know those basic skills. So I think that it's all interwoven, you know, together in trying to move people forward and eating healthy. Yeah. Well, it's exciting to have you with us on the show. Um, I, I hope that you'll come back and we'll get to do a whole show with you and hear your story about why you ran. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the equal opportunity to make everybody mad at you at once, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and, and certainly you're, you're out front, you're leading yes, and, uh, you're influencing, you're having impact and, at some level, that's got to feel kind of rewarding to, to stand in the gap for, for people. Well, that's why I'm here. I mean, that's what's so amazing about the change in leadership is that we get to make the decisions now and we get to listen to the people and give the people what they need to the extent that we can. We cannot, as a state, fulfill every need, sure. but we can really pay attention to the things that are really going to help, help improve people's quality of life. So that's why I'm proud to be here, and I'm so proud to chair this committee and be able to move those issues forward. And we're proud to be able to call you a problem solver. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Right. She's Christine Morse, Representative Christine Morse, and she is our guest today on Food First Michigan, and thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you. Thank we'll you. be back in just a minute. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson, that was um, Representative Christine Morse, who is our a champion for our mass line item that, you know, benefits, as we said on the show, farmers, families, and food banks, the three Fs, the three most important ones besides Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then uh, I really missed you being there. I called you from the porch and said, it's not the same. Yeah, so you I sure you did. Love, nothing but love for sure, and and I miss being there. Though I have to say, uh, Jim's graduation was awesome. I wouldn't miss it clearly, but uh, but you know what? Uh, very timely interviews. So grateful to Paula for filling in for me, and uh, and you know keeping this information right in front of everybody right now because the mass line item is really important. The budget's coming together. The budget director did a great job talking about a lot of things, but I mean obviously um, these things have to be put together right now. So very timely, very important conversations about something that could affect literally tens of thousands of Michigan families. 
Oh, so true. And, you know, the connection here, you know, uh, in part two next week, um, I've already got my monologue written and we talk about the power of relationship. So let's think about Chris Harkins, our state budget director. Chris Harkins worked for John Roberts when John was the state budget director under the previous administration. Uh, and John wanted his people to visit the food banks and see the work. And we went to three different food banks and Chris Harkins, who our now state budget director, went to all three of those. And he's one of the reasons last year, and we talked about it in the show, that we had uh, a pretty large increase in the governor's budget, but we couldn't hang on to it because of, of different, you know, priorities in the house budget. But Chris was not going to stop. He's coming back this year to help help preserve because he believes in us and he believes in the work well that's who we have on our show right yeah. and it's it's amazing how uh, how many people want to see this work done and done well and so uh, but this is a big time as i was saying you know with with the budget coming together we've we've got to get this line item in there now now is the time we've got hopefully all the right support and uh, what a great show and what a great time to highlight this important work i just want you to know i no more days off <laughs> i hope not no more days not. off time for a little food for thought miles monroe said leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration that is motivated by passion generated by vision and produced by a conviction that's ignited by a purpose. And in the case of the state budget director Harkins and Representative Morse, they are already believers in the families that we serve, the work that we lead, and what a future free of food insecurity would mean. To do that, we will need to put and keep food first, folks, food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.